What is a vulva worship party? How do you balance addiction in a new relationship? How do you find yourself after years of depression? This is basically life, looking at how folks are sexing, loving, and living. And I'm your host, Tiff Muga. Oh, I am Sophia, and I am a lover of baking and good food. Also a feminist and queer. <laughs> and maybe a little too nerdy for my liking. That's Saf. Pronouns they, her. Saf is a lecturer at UCT, lover of books, and music is life. They are radical intersectional feminists, are in recovery and sobriety, which they say is the best decision they ever made. They worship the Great Mother, meaning they worship nature and the earth. Saf feels and feels intensely. Also, they are queer as fuck. Okay, mm. so, hello, babe. Hi. So I have a new segment on the podcast and mm. you were like the second person to do it, right? No way. Yeah, you're the second person wow. to do it. So when this comes out, this will be only the second time. So it's called Inner the Streets. Mm. Mm. And basically where it's, I swap you your five top last Google searches for my last five Google searches. Okay. So what Shall other, go? Is, let's go, let's, 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 go. let's pull it up. Let's pull it up Ooh, because girl. yeah, I know. Hey guys, I think I, I searched something dicey the other day. And Stripper I'm, heels. <laughs> Stripper Heels South Africa is your is your last one. It's my last commercial search. Oh my god. Okay. They're expensive guys, and I don't buy from Shine. So here you can see they they're four hundred rand on Shine, but I won't buy from Shine. Wait, the Stripper Heels, the ones um that you do pole dancing in. Yes, girl, but I don't want to do pole dancing. I just want to use them for lap dances and oh, just for general sexiness. And kink and oh, oh yo, yeah, but I won't buy from Shine because they are so unethical. So oh, Shine is who is Shine and why? They're the ultra hyper fast fashion from China, oh. which be, which has become the biggest retailer in the world. Oh. They score like four out of fifty on environmental standards, which include labor practices. They pay per unit of clothing, and excuse me, they pay per unit of clothing, and um, they don't give their workers a break in like sixty days. What? But they don't get a wage, so if they don't produce, they don't get paid. It's per output, and they're trawling the internet and stealing designs from lo- local small designers all over the world and then mass produce them and ship them in like three days. Wait, okay, so basically they are like corporate evil personified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't get your stripper heels from them. Okay, what, okay, so I okay, will so stop you. Okay, what are the other yours? ones? What are the other ones? Okay, so I have searched apparently Vice on Twitter. Okay. I have also searched for Cumcoin. So it's a it's a cryptocurrency for buying like OnlyFans NFTs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then wow. Yeah. Then I seem to be searching the ultimatum. What what have you got? What have you got? Give me two. UCT first aid for my students because someone threw up in an exam. Then I was like, where the fuck are these first aid motherfuckers? They're supposed to be here. Someone threw up in an exam. Yeah. Oh, guys, and I was not the time. Hey. Oh, sh- but if you know you're sick, don't come. They but then do- I mean, there's other constraints. Maybe they can't afford a doctor's note or whatever. Whatever it is. Then, very nerdy example of continuous joint distributions. <laughs> Fun feminist activities. Just, just wait. No, can I just can I just get that some clarification on that? Just general fun feminist activities, but for or for a specific reason. Just um, we we hosting a we hosting a women's tea in the department which I organized. Um, and I was like, let's play a game. But then I was like, what game? 
I don't want to go with a ratchet game. I have to, <laughs> I have to be professional. So I was like, fun feminist activities. And yeah. I love that. What came up, actually? What are fun feminist activities? I mean, this fucking boring white feminist stuff, like the, a game on the suffragettes. And I was like, a no, game one, on the suffragettes. no one wants to play that. Please, please. Okay. Fuck. Um, what what else did you get? What's the what's the last thing you got? Because I think you've given me four right now. Twenty twenty two red hair because I want to dye my hair. Twenty twenty two red hair is, yeah. is red hair different from twenty twenty one? I was just seeing the trends for twenty twenty two. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're gonna go? Are you gonna go deep red? I wanted to, but I don't think I will because ish, maintenance. Maintenance is wild. Yeah. Maintenance and also, do you have to strip your hair completely? Like, no. So that's blonde? what I did. I asked my stylist because I used to be blonde and it just my hair suffered so much. So I asked. You used my, to be blonde. Mm. Oh, that's sexy. Oh, did I know? Did I? Know yes. Then when we met, it was like long blonde yes um, when I so I asked my stylist what can I do that won't strip my hair and she was like red, red. so I was like okay but you know it can go the other way with red where you look like an auntie so <laughs> so you have to do it really really carefully yeah. okay okay so tell me yours my last one was I, I, I this Google this um, Michael Jackson song If Angels Came For Me mm. and apparently it's called Heaven Can Wait oh, oh and it's, it's so such sweet. a beautiful song it's so beautiful I found it on TikTok but I how know. do we find I, I don't know I don't dollar with MJ hey I yeah, read I, I hey. read those trial papers myself I well, had you time read, of course I you downloaded read them and I was like this guy is you, a, you yeah. really are peak nerd aren't you you girl you, don't you, tell anyone no okay now I'm gonna keep it on the low low don't yeah. worry and the last one is gorgeous George Hotel because I wanted to go for dinner there. Oh my god. They yeah. are you a vegetarian? I am not a vegetarian. They have the best steak tartar in the city. You see, that's the stuff and I the, like to and hear. And the cocktails are so good. Okay. They're so good. Okay. I mean you're gonna spend money, but it's so worth it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I used to go there for drinks when I was here doing my weird eat pray mm-hmm. love thing a few mm-hmm. months back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never actually ate there. There. So I've heard the tilapia is really good. Mm-hmm. And now you say the steak tartar. Oh, that's steak tartar. Okay. Yo. Thank you for letting me dive into your What's it? What is it? Your Google searches. My Google searches. Oh. No, also, please get, when you get the stripper heels, we want to see that content oh, on the yes, internet. Oh, yes, absolutely. Ne? Don't worry, guys. I will share. I will, like, we will go as Holla and we will share the content on our stories. We're here for it. Oh, Holla gives me life. You know what? You give us life. You give us you life. You know, um, I was doing that takeover for Holla when I was at the Open Book Festival. Mm-hmm. And then me and Pumla Dinia Kola became best friends. No, I love that. I love oh, that for you. She's so amazing. She's so sweet. She's so amazing. Oh. And we've been in each other's DMs and she followed me on Instagram, which oh. is just so yeah, nice. No. Now now you've got Pumla as an Instagram friend and a friend yes. in real life. Yes. Now you guys can be nerdy together. Yeah. Because aren't you both academics? Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There I don't know go. if I am, but she is. <laughs> you are such a hard academic. I don't know. This fucking... We don't have to talk about that. It kills me. <laughs> So you know what the teaching's great, but mm-hmm. the the research side, I don't know if it's I'm, hard. I don't know if I'm cut out for it. It's it takes too much. It takes too much of me, like the, of the, my soul. The 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 academics it's like the PhD specifically. Oh yeah. wait, so are you a doctor yet? I'm doing it. You're you're doing your doctorate. I don't know if I'll ever get there. To be honest with you, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap yeah. up the segment and then we'll go on to the next bit. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Podcasting is so weird. It's so weird because you have to have these weird breaks. But now we're starting the actual interview and I'm going to start with, are you good? Where are you at? How are you at? I am. What is you at? I am so good. You're so good. So good. So good. 
Tell I us have a little so bit about much it. gratitude sitting, sitting here flexing on your life. <sighs> um, so I came out of like a five year depression, and I'm not depressed for the first time in like five years, or as long as I can remember. What do you mean? A five-year depression, and, my baby. Yeah, and um, they tell you it will lift, it will lift, it will lift. You just have to push through. And, I mean, waking up is still a struggle, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to die at all moments, and that's joy, that's life. That's life force energy. So You actually have life force energy. Because mm-hmm. I know there was a time, this, and this is such a weird way to track someone's life, but I know there was a time when you were deleting things from your Instagram. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. then you'd put stuff up, and then you'd, yeah. like, delete things, then you'd, like, maybe disappear for a while. Yeah. But we weren't friends or anything, so it yeah. couldn't have been like, a, oh, okay, no, I know what's going on. I was just yeah. like, was that was, during that time? Um, yeah, severe depression, and then coupled with weight gain, which we'll talk about, like, mm-hmm heavyweight gain and then I had people being like what happened to you you used to be so skinny it's also none of your business and and you don't need to have health issues to justify weight gain it's none of your fucking business Mm -hmm. but um but more than that it was just the depression and I couldn't relate to the people the person in in those photos where there was just so much joy and freedom and being nude and you know just like exploring myself Um, I couldn't relate to that person and there was loathing, like more self-loathing than I don't think I was like, I hate myself more than anyone in this world, which meant that I would wake up out of self-hatred. I'd be in a deep sleep and I'd be like, well, you piece of shit, like you deserve to die. I'd wake up out of self-hatred. And self-hatred I is what got you up would in wake the morning. me up, yeah. Wow. Or in the middle of the night, I'd wake up from self-hatred and it would break my sleep, the extent of self-hatred. And Which is from complex PTSD, and it's it's not random, but okay. um, but yeah, it lifted. It lifted. It lifted. And now you are here. How long? How long has it been gone? For? I think that's like what I want to know. How long has it been gone for? It's been, I would say, properly gone for maybe six, seven months now. Six, seven months. So this mm. is recent. Mm. This is just like now, now. Mm. And so wait. So now I think one of the things that I wanted to ask. I told you I had questions now we're just going to do okay. we're just going to free yeah, 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 yeah. so like when did you and your current partner who is your current partner by the way Ty Ty her name is Ty uh-huh. tell us a little bit about Ty Ty is a very spunky mask trans person <laughs> and um, they are oh, they just like the light of my life they um what do you want to know like what they do like or just, what they like or? yeah like what they like because I think the next thing I want to ask is so you met them before your because I think you guys have been together yes. for like a year right yes so okay so a little bit about so, Ty and then like okay, how you so met and Ty, how you navigated Ty, that Ty used to be a waiter at Roxy's which is in the city centre or in gardens mm-hmm. and I used to go there when I lived in gardens and that's how we met and we'd like flirt relentlessly <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we had a little date, I think, in 2019, where we went to the beach and, you know, I was topless and I think it was like a bit of a shell shock for Ty. Mm-hmm. And I was like coming on strong. I come on strong. I'm a lot. I was just like so intense. It's like, and I want this. I want this now. This like, is nice yes. and I like it and yeah, I want it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they were just a little bit taken aback. And then we had, and then they, they I moved to OBS and they were working at Touch of Madness in OBS. And it's so quaint. And one night I was there um, having after work drinks with friends. 
and um, so I was like can I talk to you outside and I was like yeah and it I was raining that. and it was the courtyard and there was no one and we had a little kiss in the rain oh my god and then I had a date with this British rugby player <laughs> that night <laughs> Wait, and I what? was like so you double bagged this. okay well no well I wasn't that. planning I was okay. like now why does this have to happen now <laughs> when it rains it pours and, and then, then I was like oh well I'm gonna go with the rugby player so I <laughs> I <laughs> I went on the date with him and it was great. He took me to um, the dark horse and bought me drinks and when, oh. yeah, it was it was a really really good date and mm-hmm. it was very sweet. He he brought scratch cards. Which scratch I think, cards. Yeah, like you know, like lotto. Like to play for yeah. lotto. And he's like, maybe you'll win money on this date, which I think was so sweet. And that is actually so cute. But Ty was in the background the whole time, and it just wasn't the time. Mm-hmm. And then when I I moved part of the depression, I moved out of the city. Okay. I, I went to rehab in 2020 in deep lockdown. My appendix came out. Then I, that was the first week of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then after two or three weeks, um, I started drinking, which you really shouldn't do after a surgery. I was drinking very heavily, which okay. was just a continuation of my lifestyle. Okay. And okay. it got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Okay. And um, I thought I was depressed, which I was. And I went to see my psychiatrist and I was like, I'm depressed. And she was like, um, and then I said, I, and I think I have a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to check you into the clinic. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I wear holiday OT. I'm going to get fed. I'm going to go to like, group. I'm yeah. just going to walk around the garden. Uh, yeah, we yeah. have seen rehab yeah, like I'm in gonna, the movies. You walk yeah, around the garden. Yeah. There's group therapy. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, but I, I thought it was the depression side. And then mm-hmm. I got there and they were like phone, laptop. And I was like, what? They were like, what, what do you, you mean? You're going, like, I, I, I can't keep this stuff. Yeah, they were like, you're going to chemical dependency. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to depression. Dude, I'm, they're like, no, you're going to chemical dependency. Then I phoned my therapist and I was like, what? She was like, yeah, yeah, keep an open mind. And then I was in rehab. Like... You, so you, she said go to the clinic and I was like yeah so you thought it was like mental health things? mental health no, we're no, gonna go we're no, gonna you, smoke they, the ganja we're gonna they, they were they, drying you out fam. Yeah. and they, then I, I was like thrown in no phone no contact with the outside world no visitors for four weeks for four weeks mm. and it just happened like that it just happened like that and then the first few days I mean I, I'm going on a tangent but in no, the first fine. few days I was like I don't know why I'm here I, you guys are junkies. I don't want to like, be here. Like we are not the same. No, we are not the same. Like, there's, this, there's this white man who comes in and he drank a bottle of rum by like seven in the morning. Like yeah, it's like we, we are not the same. I was like, no, 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 no. I drink a bottle of wine and I go to bed. Yeah. And um and then they they pulled it out of me the um emotional attachment to alcohol and how it was secretly destroying my life okay. on the inside. Yeah, that no one could see. Even my best friends who I lived with. When I phoned them eventually and I was like, I'm in rehab, they were like, what? You drink less than all of us. But it's but it's not about what quantity. you drink. It's not about the quantity. It's about why you drink mm. and the patterns of your drinking. Mm. And like that, because like when we were learning about it in psychology, it was one of those super contentious things because of the social element of mm. it. And because like, especially with something like alcohol, it's it's so you live in you live in Cape Town for God's yeah. sake. Like yeah. all we do here is drink wine. All we do like, is I, drink. Oh, and had you know what? So and I was wine. I was living in this commune, and you know, uh, you don't become an addict in one day. You no. have a propensity for it, mm-hmm. and then one day you just find yourself there. And um, and I found that um, I was 
Every day was an occasion. Okay. Dinner, bottles of wine, after work drinks every day, this, that, whatever, we're sitting there around the fire. There's always something. There's always something. But the, the difference is, like I said, the other people I lived with would drink a lot but as well, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't handle it. For me, my relationship with it, it's like once I started drinking mm-hmm. on any given occasion, it was like Russian roulette. Like, how's it going to end? Am I going to have two? Or am, am I going to have six? six? Or am I going to black out? Like, are you not going to remember? Am I not going to remember? And every time, I would never, I could never control it. It controlled me. Okay. And, that's, and those are the little subtleties. Let me, sorry, let me put this on. No, it's okay. Those also, these the, really cool watches that, like, hey, speak to you guys. No, how do you this, make this? They do I not have disturb. no idea. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Nice. So, um... So it controlled me, and you know it's not surprising my dad was an addict. But I just, I just never thought it would happen to me. But you, but ne- it did. But you never think it's gonna happen yeah. to you. Like that's the thing. And then you find yourself there. And my my family still doesn't know I went to rehab. They don't. No, they have no idea. They have no idea I struggled with alcoholism. Um, and because because do you, do you feel so? Where do you feel you're at at this moment in time with that? Like because I know you say you've because I think when we just when we talked you said you'd been two years sober right yeah so where do you feel like you're at in terms of your addiction do you feel like you have it under control now or like you know where what? do you feel it's I really like the disease theory there's there's two there's a few theories one is it's a disease mm-hmm. so your and the the organ that in which it sits is the brain mm-hmm. so your brain processes the chemicals differently mm-hmm. and that's why you can't stop. Because you just you a slut for dopamine. You're like, give me more, give me more, give, like, me, give more, me more, give me more. One more glass, one Anything. more glass, one more glass. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then the other one is trauma. So you have trauma mm-hmm. when you use a substance. It gives you something positive. You mm-hmm. feel safe. You feel free. You mm-hmm. feel held. You feel like you can let go, and then you take it to excess, and and it's bad. So um, so yeah, if you're using the disease theory, it doesn't go away. It manifests in other things. And, so, it's, and it's one of those things. So it's like a chronic illness. Yeah. So it needs yeah, to be managed. Yeah, and it's progressive and it gets worse and worse. So, um, so I, yeah, so I still have my struggles. Nicotine. Okay. Um, so online d- shopping. So do you have to avoid all of these things? Or um, is it no, some of those things so, you moderate? So, it's, so it's, it's, about, it's also about having self-compassion. Because we can't take and, take and take away from ourselves. We also have to give and nurture. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Uh, what's affecting my health what's affecting my mind mm-hmm. how can I cope so I notice like when I have a stressful day I'll go online shop and then if I don't like it I send it back and you know what it's not the end of the world you it's just fine have to give I get the money grace. back it's fine yeah and with the nicotine as well I mean I switch now to gum and I get my fix and <laughs> I need what I need and I need the the dopamine and and it's okay Okay. But um, but no, I haven't done hard substances in almost two years. In almost two years. And it's changed my life. You know what? I love that for you. Yeah. So the, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was in terms of like, you know, struggling with addiction and things like that. How is that? Like, how have you navigated that in your relationship? Because now... Yeah, so that's where I was going to. Then I went on this long tangent. <laughs> so I went to rehab. <laughs> then I came out of rehab. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird because I didn't have contact with the people I lived with. I lived in a commune for those four weeks. I, you and also, you need to at some point explain this commune thing to me. It was called the space station. <laughs> it was wild, guys. You don't understand. We, for my, for I think my 29th birthday, we had a vulva worship party. Okay. Okay. Where okay. we're all aliens and we're coming to worship the vulva. Okay. And we had a projector with vulvas on the ceiling. Okay. And there's like 60 people 
Okay. Dressed up in vagina gear. How many of you lived in this commune? I think there was eight of us, but we had this. That's wild. It's on the, it's where Stones is in Ob. So there's this <laughs> massive balcony where we'd like put a DJ deck and like a sound system. And um, people would think it's a club and they'd come up and they'd be like, where can we buy drinks? Where can we buy drinks? And we're like, I'm like, this is my birthday party. Who let you in? Worship the vulva. Um, Worship the vulva. Worship the vulva. But, um, so, so when I came out of rehab, mm-hmm. that week I came out, the commune is like, we're moving to Norchuk, which for me was a miracle because I needed that change and I moved to Norfolk for a year. Wait, the whole commune. The moved. whole commune was this like is we, the wildest thing. I love this. Okay, yes. The whole commune was like we want a change of scenery. We're done with this party lifestyle. We uh, rent is cheap. We're getting a massive house in Norfolk. Saf, you can have this room with a Turkish bath and the view of the mountain. And I was like, uh, fuck yeah. I was like there is a god. Yeah. For real. Yeah. It was one of the biggest gifts. And we moved in deep lockdown. And we had this big house with this big garden. And we'd cook family dinners. And we wow. would just live. And they were so respectful of my sobriety. They had a little alcohol fridge in, in the office. And there was just, they were just, it was just, yo, I couldn't have done it otherwise. Like to have this actual community mm. where it's a case of like, okay, we're going to hold this. We didn't know it was happening. Yeah, they, they and, made the decision. But now, but now yeah. that we do, we're going to make a plan about it. Absolutely. Uh, well, no, they made it independent of me. They didn't base their decision on me going to rehab. Half of them didn't know I was in rehab. They kind of just made this decision to change the lifestyle. And and, and now you guys went from stones. About, so, okay. So for those of you who don't know stones, stones is like this... Like the stones is in different spaces, right? So like it's this bar, and it's it's is it a dive bar? Does it count no. as a dive bar? It's like a grimy pool bar. It's, it's a, a grimy bar. It's a pool bar. Okay, it's yes. It's a pool bar. So for those of you who know those bars where you can shoot pool and get cheap beers, that is stones. But it is like a franchise because yeah. there's there's ones all around South Africa. Yeah. So you guys went from the sort of people who lived about stones. Yeah. And competed with stones because people were like, oh, yeah. is this stones or yeah, is upstairs yeah. stones, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. To the mountains and yeah. peace and mm, calm. And mm. that helped yeah. as part of your... So how does Ty like... So then when I was in Norchuk, mm-hmm. so then Tan I had our little kiss that day and and then we were in touch here. And then when I was in Norchuk, they messaged me and they were like, hey, Saf, I'm trying to get sober. And I was oh, like... wow. Now I'm so naive and I'm like Ty works in the service industry and they've obviously had issues with substance abuse because that's how the service industry is in Cape Town and is, I was like is that a real like that's yeah they all do coke and they operate on speed and coke in the service industry okay here. apparently that's you see I once told this person I was sleeping with that and they're like no we just drink wine and I'm like no there's that's no way true. the service industry no. like functions they're like no while we're cooking we'll just I'm like no especially chefs they're yeah, all they on need coke. the energy they yeah. need coke yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so so anyway, this person was lying. So but anyway. Ty says, I'm trying to get sober. And I'm so naive. I'm like, oh, Ty. Ty also has substance abuse issues. And I'm like, it's like a no fucking no-brainer, obviously. <laughs> and um, and then we went in touch and whatever. And the week I moved back to town after my year in Rotok, we bumped into each other. And that's when things started. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. And now you are engaged. Yes. Oh, how did that happen? Okay, like I love a good it's engagement really, story. No, it's, uh, it's honestly really underwhelming. Maybe maybe it's typical for queers. <laughs> we were just in bed having a discussion. Like, and you're like, it makes sense to take the next step. Yeah. That's like, so practical. When you think about like what you want family to be and I want them to be my family and, and I want us to be family. 
and then I was it makes it's yeah I've always been averse to marriage but I think it takes on another form when when it's queer it, it's more radical it's more radical yeah actually but, and I don't want to make it like a badge I'm not only doing it because it's radical mm-hmm. but it's also like a fuck you to society mm-hmm. and a like and I will take what's duly mine nice um, meaning the right to have a legal union and to be loved in that way yeah. and to be held in that way yeah. and yeah let's get the damn government involved mm. come here and witness this yes exactly you come here and witness exactly. this okay so how has your joint sobriety um journey been then because it's been a year, a year and some change how have you guys well, for, for Ty it's been it's very new it's been almost two months oh it's been two months mm. just now now yeah so Ty was trying since then and only after we got together did they like take the steps so how so how's so, it been I like think, doing like walking that journey together then um I think that a big part of it is not stepping into a maternal controlling role mm. and being like babes this is you you do it if you want to do it you don't do it for me i will support you in any way i can but i for myself i can't get attached to the outcome okay so i can't like invest into our sobriety because it's a lose-lose situation obviously it's great that they sober mm-hmm. but um but for my own sanity you can't control things you can't control you know but it's been it's been very delicate Ty is a fucking trooper they're so strong um they went through withdrawal without going to hospital which i think is fucking remarkable that that is amazing and we live in a shared house and they um everyone was like preparing for like moods and the worst and they've just been really great how um, how long does it how long does the withdrawal period last oh uh, so alcohol withdrawal is like a week Oh yeah, the worst. I think the worst is within the first four days, mm-hmm. and if you don't need to go to hospital within the first four days, then 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 you'll, then be, you'll okay. be okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And um, and it's been yeah, it's been really. I'm I'm like I said at the beginning of this conversation, I'm grateful because mm-hmm. things are just aligning, and aligning, and and we talk about it, and you know what, it's okay. I'm also in recovery, and one of us might make a mistake sometime, and and that's and that's okay. It's and not it, the end of the world. It's not like you have one sip and we'll break up. You know, it it doesn't work like that. Addiction is complex. It is complex. It's complex, and it's so tricky. I think like that's part of the reason like I was asking how you navigate it because it's so tricky to navigate when you're by yourself. Yeah. And now when like you're the two of you, and it's almost like you're holding these sort of two lives and trying to balance them mm. and it's just this balancing act and but you guys like even just looking at you guys last night you just you have like this strength and this unity mm. vibe about you and is that like part of the basis of how you I navigate that I think so that? I think we both have we have childhoods like steeped in trauma like I don't know how much you know about my childhood but I grew up I in an not. orphanage in um, the east of Joburg but it was hectic because it was very Muslim Oh, so, okay. I mean, you're praying five times a day. You're getting beat with a stick if you don't pray. You like everything's regimented, and um, and Ty Ty's also got a very traumatic childhood, and I think I left when I was like eighteen, and I came here and I started a life by myself, and it was just such a steep learning curve, and I think um, in Cape Town you get surrounded by these like elites, and you know, yeah, no, Cape Town is. Full of elites, oh my all God, sorts it's so of elites. So pretentious, and um, 
connecting with Sal was just like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It was just like, fuck, man, you've seen things, I've seen things. We get it. We get it. Yeah, we get now it. Now let's go see other things yeah, together. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. see yeah. some joy together. Yeah. Let's go see some peace together. Yeah, and it's it's been a, a big part of, um, of, of this thing of creating family, right? Like mm-hmm. mm. equanimity and holding space and... And it's work, but it's worth it. Because mm. relationshiping is work, hey? Oof, yeah. Yo, like, I love the way everyone who's in a relationship is like, yo, guys, this relationshiping thing. It's but, like, work. It is work. But, but the like, payoff is worth it, I think. It really is mm. worth it. It really is worth it. And just, no, but, like, seeing y'all together, I think having watched you on the internet for a while, like, yes, I am 100% that person <laughs> who... A lot of the stuff that I've gleaned about you, I've gotten from the internet, oh but now God. we're friends, so that's great. That's amazing. I'm so excited to be your friend. I have I to tell you. I know. I'm, I'm so, so excited I'm to so be your stoked. friend. That's why yeah. I was just like, I think that's why even like with this, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't get to, we still have to do the body thing podcast. Yeah. But we'll do yeah, that next we'll time do I that come. next time. Also, we're going to use this little nook again. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, yeah. No, like we are, we are not using my equipment, guys. Like, but shout out to Basti. <laughs> <laughs> because um, yeah guys people have to just lend you their equipment <laughs> but yeah so like to wrap up thank you but where oh. can people find you no. oh yeah they can find me on the gram it's at saflove um, yeah, yeah. saf.love underscore and um, I don't really use my twitter because it's for work but yeah I'm mostly on the gram you're mostly on the gram mm. oh. and yeah I just I just think the yeah, the addiction journey is one that just kind of like permeates and it, you carry it throughout your life. But finding community has been a big part of That's coping. A, that like, and just finding that love and that support. Mm. I think just the way in which you were telling me about the, I love the commune. My guys, like, can we all get a commune? <laughs> like, I love that. Also, by the way, I will put Saf's um, Instagram details in the show notes. So if you missed it, Go and do the things. But yeah, so your journey is beautiful. Thank also, you. I, I feel like I have so much more to learn about you. Yeah, you mean like about the orphanage and stuff? No, about everything. Yeah, because I think like a 30-minute podcast is not even touching n- no, the surface. No, it's not enough. No, you and me are going to be a series. Yeah. I think the next one we'll just do over Zoom if I'm like, if I'm oh, not here. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. But yeah, we can do it over Zoom. Yeah, totally. Why are we lying like Zoom's not a real thing? Yeah, it's so a real thing. Make sure that you catch the next podcast that's going to come out because I've unequivocally decided it is about your body journey because I watched that and it was really powerful but also very scary why was it scary okay you see now we'll get into that but no but tell me why but I need to know now now, I need to know now I think for me there was a part of it that was scary is because those bits of me that could relate yeah and so like when you and also the way you were so vulnerable about it yeah because you'd post pictures and I love the way we like End of the podcast. Now we're back in, guys. If you're yeah, still here, welcome. We're, we're, <laughs> but, like, I think it was one of those things of, like, sitting there and relating to the fact that, you know, like, to see somebody, like, go through that struggle. And, like, even, like, when you deleted the photos, I was like, whoo. I'm like, okay, wait, is that what we do? And then I'm like, is this why I don't put my body on the internet sometimes? Mm-hmm. Because now if it changes too much, like, and then it was just one of those things of watching. And, yeah. But we are going to get into that because I yeah. think like the that journey and 
the way you had those conversations digitally, like so vulnerably mm. and so openly. Like, you know, the rest of us will post, we'll post the thirst trap and then mm. when we're not feeling cute, because like somebody was asking me why I haven't posted a pole dancing video in a mm. while. And it's like, because I came to Cape Town, like I gained weight and then mm. I was suddenly like, that's mm. not what I'm doing. So instead mm. of having like that conversation, I was just like, no, I haven't been really pole dancing mm. and like, let alone having it on the timeline like mm. you did. Whew, that's why I'm like, 30 minute podcast not enough it's not enough it's yeah not enough. it's been I think what it comes down to on a good day is my orgasms still feel great <laughs> the sun still feels the same on my body mm-hmm. um, and I mean when I lie down it still feels good mm. and that's what matters mm. you mm-hmm. know um, but yeah we can get into it I'd love to talk about it no that is our next one I'll even like Send you the Zoom link like also when I leave here. the pushback and the Schadenfreude because people are like, oh, they're like, oh yeah. this bitch, yeah, she's getting fat. Yeah, like yeah. And it's like, oh, she used to think she was cute on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that's how you say that. Yeah. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. I can spell it. Schadenfreude. Yeah, I can spell it, but I cannot say it. I just yeah. always go Schadenfreude. <laughs> and people are like, and I'm like that thing where you feel like good that other people are feeling bad. Yeah, that one. that thing. But yeah. yeah. Ugh, but thank you so thank much you for so being. Thank you so much. I love that yeah. we did this. Me okay i i love saf like saf is dope as vibe and i'm just so happy that they were able to be so open and honest and i'm gonna have them back because this is the sort of interview that you just need a follow-up you just need to have that follow-up conversation but until then i want to chat about holding space for somebody with addiction you know i always have to go and i always have to go and find info so this one is kind of a long one because it's it's supporting a big thing. So please just settle in for this outro. Like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a while. So just settle in. Um so supporting somebody with addiction. I went and found some information and got some key tips. So the first one is take care of yourself first. I know this might seem counterproductive to some people out there where you're like, you know what, we need to be taking care of them, you need to be holding space, but you cannot pour from an empty cup. This is a chronic disease and this is a chronic condition that is not a one-time thing, but something that will present in your lives for a long time. And it will have peaks and valleys and highs and lows. So find a system and a way of taking care of yourself. So the article actually goes on to say, family and friends often place the needs of their loved ones above their own. And you can see this, like I think um, I was once talking to somebody about euphoria um, the show and how like, you know, the mother had focused so much on the child with addiction and things like that. And that results in a lack of self-care, increased illness, and sometimes struggles with depression and anxiety, right? So taking care of your own physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental needs will leave you better able to help your loved one through the difficult journey of recovery. So also remember that your loved one is not a monster, right? Like that's the next thing. Addiction is a disease and it results in a distorted value system that shifts towards supporting ongoing substance abuse. And it's okay to get frustrated and angry with your loved one. It's okay for you to be like, Ugh! and for your own well-being, you may need to limit your contact if your loved one is actively still using, right? So sometimes it goes back to the idea of self-care and like actually taking care of yourself. But the thing with this 
is you need to check that you're not like sort of vilifying the person, understanding that they are struggling with something, understanding that you do have to set your own space, but also not vilifying them. And this can be difficult, especially like when somebody's like putting what you through what you feel is a time, right? So then the next thing is realize that there's a lot to learn about substance abuse. There's a lot to learn. So go and find it, right? You know, I love me a good Google. You know, I love to go and learn things. So Google as much as you can about the specific addiction, right? So the advice given is learn more about the substance use disorder, interventions, treatment methods, and recovery programs, right? And you know that now is not the time to nag, preach or lecture your loved one about what they should have done, how things could have been better or how wrong they are. Just go and arm yourself with information. There's so much information in the Google streets, right? Be careful not to use your love and comfort as a weapon. Now, woo, this is a tough one, hey? Do not weaponize your love. So the article goes on to say, being in a close relationship with somebody who is addictively using substances can be very challenging but saying things like if you loved me you'd quit is destructive behavior that almost always backfires instead convey your concerns with your love remind your loved one often that you are willing to be their recovery support and they're not alone know that you can give recovery support without enabling their addiction. So like, this is an important one. Severe substance use disorder can put strain on or deplete a pe- like people's finances. So it can bring up legal troubles. It can put people in physical danger. It can also lead to all sorts of other problematic scenarios. And family and friends tend to try to protect the person who is using from these consequences. People in early recovery typically need emotional and material support in er- And this support is helpful and healthy, but let them know you will only be supporting their recovery efforts, nothing else. So like try and separate the enabling from the actual like supporting their recovery efforts. The next one, I know I told you guys it's going to be a long road. Understand they must learn from their mistakes. Like, look, fam, I am not a fan of having people learn from their mistakes. I would rather give you the spark notes and make you learn from my notes. But like you have to give people the space to learn from life and articulate that. Allow the person to learn how to gracefully reject tempting offers by themselves. Let them develop the ability to speak about their problems with substance use without shame. Their role in their support circle, your role, my bad, in their support circle is to help them if they slip, not to constantly be like set up things so they don't slip, which speaks to the entry above, right? It's also, it is also to continue to give them love and encouragement. Love and encouragement is such a huge part of this. The last one, the last one is be prepared for the recovery support to be a lifelong process. I repeat, Be prepared for recovery support to be a lifelong process. Remember that change is gradual and may have ups and downs. So relapses are a real thing and there will be times when their recovery is in jeopardy. The article then goes on to say, as time goes on in sobriety, the chances for relapse drops and relapses are not an indication of failure, right? Instead, they are a sign that the method of treatment may need to be changed. 
So now that we've learned all these things, here's a list of things. Because you know I love lists. I love them so much. So here's a list of things to say to folks dealing with recovery. Right? I love you. You are not alone. Everyone needs help sometimes. How are you feeling? How can I help? Let's hang out. I'm proud of you. I know you are struggling, but there's always hope. So it's a whole thing, addiction, and needs a whole bunch of engagement. So I really hope this helps for anyone who is supporting somebody who is in recovery, anyone who is in recovery. I hope that this has helped. Um, so that's me. That's wrapping up this particular episode and just want to say as per usual make sure that you check out all the great content on basically life under slash pod on ig and yes you can email i always forget to tell people that they can email at basically life podcast at gmail.com like and leave a five-star review everywhere guys like it really helps with the algorithm share the podcast you know you can share it on your stories and stuff via spotify and soundcloud so share the podcast make sure you listen to old episodes make sure you listen to new episodes come and jam with me in this podcast in this weird one day one-way relationship we have and also just know that this is basically life and i am your host Tiff Mugo telling you to calm your tits. But you know what? Life sometimes is that serious. <laughs>